0: Have you ever learned what not to do as a leader by experiencing a toxic working environment or encountering constant negative communication? This week's guest, LaVonna Roth, shares how her negative experience in the business world transformed her as a leader, educator, and coach to enhance the skills of others by creating a wonderful program called Shine. In this episode, we discuss coaching with confidence, multiple forms of intelligence, mental health during this difficult time, and her new program, Prime to Shine. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Lavana, thank you so much for being on the podcast again.
1: Thank you, Josh. I appreciate being here. It's always so much
0: fun with you. I enjoyed our conversation so much. I was like, I have to have Lavana come back. You're just doing so many amazing things in the educational space. So if you would, will you just share with the listeners what you're doing right now?
1: Oh, my goodness. We have a lot going on because educators need the support and love more than ever. So one of the things that we've done is we've had Ignite Your Shine, the Shine-tastic lessons. And we used to charge for those. And then we made them a little bit free and then we charged and all this. Well, we've decided, you know what, the stories we're hearing and how it's helping educators, we cannot keep these to ourselves. So we literally have them for free and we reshot all of them recently. So they just more updated, they look better. It's fantastic. So just super excited about that. And so if anyone's interested, then you go to igniteyourshine.com and wait for the pop-up. And when you see the pop-up, you'll know how to get the lessons.
0: Yes, make sure that you go on the website. Levana, you bring so much amazing resources to the educational space, and I've been a part of your sessions before, and I felt like I've got so much value from them. So as far as the free lessons, what are some of the topics that you have on your website?
1: Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) I do. You know, it teachers drive me, students drive me. And that's why the team pulls together, makes this happen. But so we use the whole framework of the acronym SHINE. Mm -hmm. And so one of the letters S is going to actually stand for self. And because of that, we have two lessons that actually go with that. And this is where they have an opportunity to dig deeper into their, who they are and the strengths about them. Mm -hmm. And what I love about this is they have a chance to learn not only about themselves, but actually about each other. And so it creates this environment of honoring and valuing each other Mm -hmm. and honoring, valuing yourself instead of creating this competition. Or if if you're, you think about bullying, for example, you know, a lot of times students will bully to put somebody down because they think it makes themselves feel better, but in all reality, they feel worse. So what do they do? They bully more. So we have this huge cycle of things that happen. And so these lessons are to help break through that. And since I'll share with you one more, there's H for heart and it is That's all about passion. And so students, again, have an opportunity to think, what am I passionate about? So I've already explored some of my strengths and I know some of that greatness about me, but what are some of the passions? And so it's really, really cool. We do a heart activity that they cut out of heart and I won't give it all away, because but it's the one that teachers come back and students come back and say, this was the best lesson out of all of them. So we have videos that the students watch and we've got the hands-on lessons teachers can do. And even though they weren't meant to be virtual originally, we do have five five brand new virtual ones. Okay. And we have five for, for parents or caretakers to do. So that's super exciting. But the, the lessons in, the, in general can be done virtually pretty easily.
0: And Lavana, I know you do a lot of coaching also. So what does that look like for you? And how are you helping educators in the coaching realm?
1: One of the things that I get asked the most as a speaker who was traveling a ton until now, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of come to a halt over the past few months, one of the biggest questions I get and probably the most frequent question is, how do I get to do what you do? Hmm. Like, Okay, how do I have an opportunity to travel or get to speak from stage? How do I get to help other educators? And it took me 12 years to finally go, hello. <laughs> but now I'm thinking, why am I not helping? You know, and right. and I think back on my journey and I don't know, you know, where you are, Josh, but my journey has been in the beginning, I would ask people like, well, how much do you charge? And then and then how do you invoice somebody? And then what does that look like for taxes? And then what do I even talk about? Like, how do you even plan that? And nobody wanted to help me. No. It was this top secret. You, I can't tell you because you're my competition. Yep. What do they call that? A scarcity mindset. So instead of having a scarcity mindset, be thinking about, well, just because you both consult, you consult on different things, right? And then you think about the thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of schools that are out there, especially if we go global and different types of schools. And so now you're talking to one person who's now two people, and even if they present on the exact same thing, like same topic. They still present it differently. They cover different conversations. They have different messaging, they have different frameworks. And so all of that just came to fruition where I went, you know what, this should not be a secret. If you want to go out and you want to speak one time a year, or you want to go all the way to full time, Mm -hmm. I would love to support you. And then that's where we, we said, you know, let's do prime to shine and Prime to shine is where there's a course and even a membership site. And I, it's awesome. We have like 53 people in there right now and we're looking to continue to support others, but the feedback that's come from that and just the excitement of people seeing that reignite of that passion, that energy and saying, wait a minute, I have something valuable to offer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, you do.
0: Yeah. Yes, you
1: do.
0: So let's talk about that. You know, when did you feel like you had something to offer to other people to present? And then when did it turn into where you are now, where you're going across the country or across the world to speak to other educators?
1: I'm still waiting for that moment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, there's sometimes where I'm like, is what I'm saying actually making sense? <laughs> I <laughs> so, can
0: promise you it is. You're one of the more brilliant educators okay. that I know.
1: Oh, uh, well, I'm going to write that down because I'm going to need that every now and then. <laughs> sure. so, but yeah, so it's interesting. I started presenting out of necessity. And what i mean by that is i worked for several companies and one of the companies i was laid off and they don't don't even exist anymore Hmm. and then i worked for another company and i was screamed at and cussed out one minute and then the next minute they were hugging me and saying god put your life for a reason we're so blessed to have you and i'm like you just cussed me out like you know, so after four months of that, I came home to my husband one day and I said, if they can run a company treating people like that, I can run a company and treat people right. Now, Josh, I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what I was doing, but I went all in, but I quit everything. I jumped full in. And I just remember my husband <laughs> turning to me and he said, You're doing this? And I said, I'm doing this. He goes, You better make it work. <laughs> and he meant that with all of the love and the support in the world, right? but that's when i started realizing the knowledge that i had because i started connecting with some people and actually started training for some other outside companies as an independent contractor mm-hmm. and i thought holy cow i have a lot of knowledge but all of us educators do yep. but you don't feel it you feel like everybody knows what you know and everybody's doing what you're doing and my one turning moment which started the whole path then that led to one thing after another which you know we can get into that later but is I, I'll never forget is I had a district who said, and they're my first customer ever. And they said, would you come in and would you train us on the basal readers? Because we had training from the publisher and it was awful. Hmm. Like our teachers don't know what to do with this. Yep. And I said, no problem. Hmm. Had experience with it. Sure. So I, I fly to Illinois and I'm in the middle of a presentation with all first grade teachers because I was going by grade level and I held up a leveled reader and I said, this is the leveled reader obviously you would use during small group. And a first grade teacher raises her hand and she said, what do you mean by small group? Oh, goodness. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I literally, I was in such shock that the next question on my mouth was, how many of you do small group and not one hand went up? Oh, wow. And the dumbest question out of my mouth. So I guess you do whole group, but that's literally, I couldn't wrap my head around it because sure. I thought everybody knew what I knew, you know? And at that point that led to 35 days of that district, like really working and deep diving into some things and, you know, then eventually it led to like I said, to other things, to other things to where we are now that yeah. I, I finally like settled into my strengths and my passions of where I really want to be.
0: I think you can bring up a lot of good points there. And what I want to hone in on is the fact that based on our own experience, our own bubble, our own environment, we just assume that everyone else is doing what we're doing. And, you know, as a leader, I learned that the tough way of I just assumed what I was doing in my own classroom, they were doing in theirs. And then when I was going to assess them, I found that that wasn't the case. And it was just mind blowing. I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around it, similar to your experience. So I think, you know, for those who are in their leadership journey and they're going to branch out or move on to, you know, other classroom, other environments, you may want to prepare yourself that you may find and uncover some things that shouldn't actually be occurring in in those learning environments.
1: I agree entirely. And you remind me, I, I remember I was put into a mentorship position and I remember them choosing me and saying, Levana you're gonna become a mentor. And I was like, a mentor for who? And they're like, teachers. And I'm like, well, am I supposed to teach them? <laughs> like they do the same thing that I do, yeah. right? And I remember I thinking I was panicking because I thought, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm gonna tell you. You're already doing a great job. You're already doing what you're supposed to be doing. And then I went to classrooms. I'm like, okay, you are doing a great job and you are trying your best, but actually you didn't know what I knew, yep. which is awesome because I was learning from them, but they were also learning from me. And I realized, exactly. hey, there's great synergy here.
0: When you were coaching, when did you start getting the confidence to Provide insight and your wisdom to other people and feel confident in that.
1: Yes, it took me a long time. It's not, again, something that when people would ask me, I was like, oh, okay, but I always feel like I'm learning because I am. Mm -hmm. You know, business is not something that you just learn how to do, just like teaching, it's ongoing. So now you're marrying consulting slash teaching with all of that. And so it becomes this double edged sword, right? A double edged sword where you know some things and you, but you know, you don't know it all. Mm And then you know that you can support people, but what if they ask you something that you don't know? And that's why I think I waited so long as I did, it took me tw- like 12 years, because now I look back and I'm like, holy cow, I do know a lot. And I'll tell you, it wasn't really the confidence in it until I was mapping out the modules for the course that we offer. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went, oh my goodness, there is a ton of knowledge in here and experience yeah. that I have learned, which also reiterated the confidence of going, you do know more than you think you know. You don't know everything because you're never going to, but you do know a lot.
0: Yeah. And that's the misconception, you know, as a leader, as an educator, you are not going to know at all. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know, but I will find out. There's a lot of power in that too.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network, better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: So Lavana, I want to go into your coaching piece because I feel like a lot of leaders you know, that I've come in contact with or aspiring leaders don't actually have a mentor or a coach. So why is it so important for folks to actually get coaching to enhance their leadership skills?
1: So, and you think about when it comes to coaching, everybody is different. So everybody receives information different. They express it differently. They have different experiences, different stories that they're coming from. So every time we're coaching, I I know for me, this this was a hard lesson for me to learn, Mm -hmm. but it was when somebody would respond a certain way to me and I would get like that visceral reaction or some kind of, okay, what in the world or what's just happened or why did you I had to learn to take a moment back and to look at, think about the empathy there and start from that perspective first and then get into the whole point of, okay, so this is my, might be what they meant or asking them what they meant, which is even better. And it's I think there's such nuances that come with coaching. So as you're aspiring to be a leader, be aware that it's easy to come from our own story and it's easy to have a reaction that way when in all reality, we're actually not that person. Yeah. And the big thing though, I would say also helped me that I had to learn was that I d- didn't mean I had to take how somebody treated me. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't mean that I let people walk all over me. It didn't mean that I had to come aggressively toward them. It literally meant for me to take a step back and to say, what is it that this person may need? What are they really saying? What's the core issue? And then, okay, how can we go from there?
0: Yeah. So Lavana, I want to know about your past experiences, because it sounded like you had some difficulty with some leadership prior to with those businesses and, so now you're leading a company and you're leading other educators. What were some of the things that you learned from those negative experiences that helped you become a better leader?
1: First of all, they taught me what I didn't want to do. Yeah. Right. It was that those those non examples, and just thinking, okay, if you're going to scream at somebody, I will not scream at somebody. And I, and I remember taking kind of mental notes, probably some emotional notes if there is such a thing, you know, because I just it was that's not how people should be treated. So another one was, I was actually the one I was laid off from. It was interesting because, you know, when it comes to, especially other businesses, things happen a little bit differently. Education were a little bit more protected, but when you're in a business, they literally walk up to your desk and say, you've been laid off, clear your things and you're out. The crazy part about me being laid off was a month and a half of being there at the company. I ended up being there for four and a half months before I was laid off. A month and a half into the company, I saw all of marketing get laid off. And that's when I had the first uh-oh. Yep. Because I do know you don't lay off marketing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's kind of how people hear about you and such. So I had a little flag there, but I thought, okay, other contracts things will come in. Well, I was at an event on a Saturday Saturday. And I was sitting with a gentleman and he turned to me and he said, Lavana, what would you do if you were laid off? And I said, oh my goodness, that would like be devastating. Yeah. You know, we have to have dual income. And we just talked through with that with him. Well, he asked me like three more times. And so by the fifth time though, I remember it was five times. And I turned to him and I said, is there something that you know that I don't know? Yeah. And he said, um, no, why? And I said, <laughs> because you've asked me five times what I would do if I'd be laid off. And he turned to me and he said, I can't tell you, I have a family and no one can ever know. And I said, no one will ever know. You gave me a heads up. Yep. So he looked at me and he said, you're being laid off. Mm. And I said, when? He said, this week. I said, what day? He said, I don't know. So sure enough, that Wednesday, they walked up to my desk, told me I was laid off and asked me to pack my things. Like I said, they're not around anymore, but yeah. that was an example to me. I understand that sometimes there are ways you have to do do things because of other situations that may have happened or, you know, best protocols for laying off. There may be legal reasons. I don't know. Right. But that was one of the things that I remember thinking, I never want to lay anybody off. Mm-hmm. Like, I never. I know what that feeling is like. And so when we think about leadership, whether that's even something in the wheelhouse of a possibility for somebody or not, it's how we treat people in those moments because that was one of the lowest moments for me. Yeah. You know, I was just coming out of being a single mom, mm. tons of debt, and I was devastated. Yeah. And I thought, how do we put food on the table? How do we pay the bills? Yeah. And it's one of those that you know. It was when it's one of those moments that when you when you hit some of those lows, they also can be some of the most treasured times for you. And I also hope, hope, <laughs> it's some of the things that make me a better leader.
0: Sure. No, you're you're so right though. I'm looking back at my own journey and some of the most difficult times. Although in the moment it was horrible, I definitely grew the most during those times too. And um, it sounds like you definitely made some really good choices, even in the most unfortunate circumstances to be where you are today.
1: There many tears, of course.
0: (laughs) Yes. It's not an easy (laughs) journey. I I know that. Obviously, it was hard work. You know, the time that we're living in, you brought it up uh, earlier about, you know, the pandemic and, you know, your company and the world really has changed drastically and education has changed drastically. Um, And I feel like teachers and administrators right now are working harder than they've ever worked before. What are some things that they can do to improve themselves and their mental health?
1: Well, definitely. I mean, probably what they hear a lot, but I think it needs to be said over and over until it's put into practice and that is taking care of yourself. I actually, it took me a long time to do this, but I actually have a planner. And the very first thing I schedule in there are the times for me. Hmm. So like I do walks, runs, Orange Theory, whatever it is I'm doing that literally gets put in my books first. And then I schedule everything else around that. And I teach this when I do keynotes or or if I do workshops, I teach how to do some of this. But there's a rule that you have to put in place. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to put in, let's say your planner or wherever you keep it, in your calendar, you're going to put down that you're going to go do a workout at eight o'clock tonight. Once you put it in there, that's fine. But the rule is you are only allowed to move it once if anything comes up. So if all of a sudden we said, oh, eight o'clock, Tampa Bay Lightning are playing. Yes. Awesome. Since they're playing, well, might be in the Stanley Cup. Just saying. saying. (laughs) I don't want to think some, (laughs) but let's say that now there's the Stanley Cup game. A little bit of a priority for me, eight o'clock. All right. So I'm allowed to move that, right? I can move it to earlier in the day. I can move it to the next day, two days later. I can move it. But once I move it, the rule is, I'm not allowed to move it again. And this is what I encourage encourage others to do because otherwise you move it and you move it and you move it and you move it and it never happens. So I think that's one big thing. The second part too, and I think about educators is it's very hard for us to draw a line in the sand because there's always one more call to make, one one more strategy to learn, one more person to talk to, one more paper to grade, one more virtual learning tool to figure out how to implement. Mm -hmm. Always, always, always. So you have to be the one to draw that line in the sand because as an educator, I mean, you may have gotten education for the money, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. So, which means you got into it for the passion. So since you guys are with passion, it's really hard sometimes to turn that off and it's one of the most critical things that you can do. And especially aspiring leaders, you have got to draw boundaries, yeah. right? You have to establish it. When, when are you not available? When are you available and really learn to stick to those because unless somebody is literally dying Things will work without you, and if you are actually delegating or helping other leaders become leaders and strong leaders, then by you pulling yourself out and allowing them opportunities to step up, you just made your load lighter. You also gave them an opportunity to step into leadership, so now it's a Mm win-win. So much can come from that.
0: Let's talk about the power of delegation. You brought it up, but I think that's so important because I know as a young leader myself, I want to just take on the world and, and be the solution for everybody. At what point did you realize like delegation is important for you, but then also important for the person that had the problem?
1: When my ego got out of the way, literally is the moment. It is. It's when I, because I finally, it wasn't a, well, I would give this to them, but it's going to take me too long to explain it to them. Or I give it to them, but that they probably won't do it right. Well, I actually need to be the one to handle it because that, that, that it was my own ego getting in the way. And so I feel that I stepped up better into leadership when I finally said, it doesn't matter whether you can do it better. It doesn't matter whether they mess it up because you've made a lot of mistakes yourself. Why not let them learn? And I'm telling you, it has been so freeing since I have done that because there's so much that is off my plate and I just have to learn to trust. And if they mess up, great, celebrate that, talk about it and move on and implement a different way. And because again, it's a reflection of me too. And that's what I saw is if they messed up, it was kind of a reflection of me. Again, ego. It's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of us, right? Trying to do our best and being humans, we are going to make mess up. We are going to make those mistakes. So what do we do to make the best of those?
0: Lamona, well, I want to go back to SHINE. And if you will, for the listeners, if they haven't heard your acronym, I think it's phenomenal. I would love for you just to talk about that real quick. And then about any projects that you have coming up to
1: Sure. Shine is actually S for self, all about strengths, gifts, skills, and talents, right? So we really harness that instead of beating ourselves up over what we can, like (laughs) beating ourselves over what we can't do versus what we can do and letting that be the focus. And right now that is super important because there's a lot of comparing going on, right? Tons of comparing of, of everything that somebody else is doing virtually and online and figuring things out. Stop. What you're doing is amazing, one thing at a time. H is all about heart. And I mentioned these, both of these earlier a little bit, but really about that passion, yeah. right? What lights your world on fire, what excites you. I and Shine is going to be inspire. So, those, you know, we have things in life that are going to come along and going to throw us for a loop pandemic, for example, <laughs> pretty big example, right? Yes. One that no, no one got a manual on. No one knew how to handle this. <laughs> no, not, even, not not one person in the world probably knew exactly what to do. So because of that, you know, whether it's big things like that or small things like that, how do you stay inspired and how do you inspire others? And then N is navigate. So you have self, strengths, skills, talents, you know your passions, you know how to stay inspired, but if you do nothing with it, It's a waste. So N is navigate as in what do you want your story to be, your journey, right? And working through that so that you are setting your goals and striving toward it. Then you get to E, E is exceptional, right? Because you are becoming the exceptional person you were meant to be, not anybody else who you were meant to be. And that's what Ignite Your Shine is about. It was originally the word smart because we were going after smart in education. And I, I believe every child is gifted. I believe every person is gifted. And the question is how? And so ignite your shine somebody said to me you know you'll never change the definition of smart in education Mm. part of me was like yeah watch me (laughs) (laughs) and then part of me part of me was like yeah okay what what if they're right then now what (laughs) and so i'm grateful to that person because i changed it to the word shine and i and i'm thrilled with that because it's so much more well-rounded and whole person whole child and that social emotional learning approach
0: before we go into your projects i want to go back to what you just said as far as smart every child is smart every person is smart but it might look different. So what what does that mean to you?
1: So that means to me, especially in education, it's breaking down that box of reading, writing, math, and science. And that's what we are phenomenal at identifying and shoving kids into. Yep. And I am on a fight to end that. I don't think our kids are just about reading, writing, math, and science. I think they are way more than that. Mm-hmm. And so what, Oftentimes, like in a keynote, I will show a bunch of different strengths, for example, and it's things that people normally call soft skills, but I call them, I actually call them necessary skills, right? So it's going through that and learning the different skill sets that actually carry you through life. And it's not just about being able to pass a test or do a certain formula. It's what actually am I going to need? And that's going to look different for everybody. And so I want people to value that giftedness of whether it's the with it or whether it's a problem solver or whether one of my favorites is someone who's funny, someone who has humor, because I used to have class clowns and they would drive me crazy because I was like, how much attention do you need, right? How many times do I have to say something to, that to honor you, right? But And that's exactly what it was, is I wasn't honoring them. I was getting irritated. Like, how many times are you going inter- to interrupt my lesson? Well, I had to learn to honor that gift. Right. And so once I switched that lens, it changed. So one of the examples I'll give you is in the classroom, instead of doing, you know, the, the hand raise with give me five, because my students are like, Oh, Miss Roth, she needs five more minutes. No, I wanted your attention now. So I would do all kinds of call and responses. And one of them was knock-knock, and they would say, Who's there? So one day I had an idea and I went, Oh, I got it. Went to my class clown. I said, I'm about to do knock knock. Are you ready? And he's like, Miss Roth. I was up all night looking for the best one ever. Yes, I'm ready. Right, so I would do knock knock. Every whole class would say who's there. My class clown would tell the joke. Right, laughter, oxygen to the brain, reduction of stress. And did that child get what they needed? Absolutely. Right. So these are the kinds of things that you know. Every all of us love to laugh. It's a matter of teaching that child when, where, and how to use it. And so when we provide those moments, we allow them to, to to shine
0: okay let's talk about your projects because i know you've got some webinars that are coming up so will you share with the listeners what those are all about
1: yes i would love to so you know every now and then we open up the course and and allow others to come in and learn how to be get into education consulting again whatever you want that to look like as minimal or as big as you want and so we are doing some webinars five of them the name of it is the top five secrets to becoming a successful educational consultant uh-huh. and so we're offering five different ones of those and so if they want if they're interested they could go to prime prime so to shine.com forward slash secrets awesome. and that's how they'll get signed up for the secrets
0: yeah and we'll put that in the show notes also so for those who are interested you can just click on that link in the show notes and it'll go directly to that site Lavana, before we end this conversation, I love asking my guests about aspiring leadership. And if you could just provide one action step, because I don't want them just to listen to you and all the wonderful things that you're saying, but I actually want them to get up and to do something with that. So if there's one action step that they can do tomorrow to enhance their leadership skills, what would that be?
1: That to me is, is starting with honoring and valuing yourself. Hmm. I think too many times we beat ourselves up over what we didn't do right, what we could have done better if only I had known that situation should have been. And we just all day long have that negative self-talk around it. Yep. And if you can turn that around and really honor and value where you are and who you are and that you do amazing things, are there things to improve in, improve on? Of course there are. There's always going to be, but don't let that be your focus. Cause if so, you start to, you know, Create this whole negative cycle and your self-talk starts to get heavy and then you're not even enjoying what you're doing. And then others sense that too. So go back, embrace who you are. And if you never learned how to do that, well, just let me know because we're going to shine you
0: up. Lavana, <laughs> awesome. if someone is not connected with you on social media, how can they connect with you immediately? Because they should.
1: Well, thank you. I would love to be more connected with other educators. Just they're everybody's so inspiring. So yeah. I would say it's at Lavana Roth is going to be on every social media platform, and that's L-A capital V-O-N-N-A, Roth, R-O-T-H. And then we have at Ignite Your Shine. That's definitely the accounts to follow, except on Instagram, it's at Ignite Your Shine now.
0: Definitely check out Lavana and all the wonderful things that she's doing. Her lessons, her webinars are fantastic, so make sure that you are connecting with her. Levana, it is always such a joy to speak with you. Every time I connect with you, I feel like I gain so much for my own leadership journey. So thank you so much again for being on the Aspire podcast.
1: Well, Josh, thank you for having me. And I wanna take a moment to thank you and honor you because you do a lot of good for others and you will never know the impact that you're making with your podcast, but I want you to just take a moment and embrace that and
0: thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you.